Welcome to MedTech Chat, where we discover the latest healthcare tools, device technology, as well as research approaches. We'll be talking to designers, insight professionals, and other executives to better understand how MedTech is helping patients and those caring for them now and in the future. So I'm excited to be talking to Dr. Omar Manajwala today. He's the Chief Medical Officer for Dario Health, a digital therapeutics company focused on chronic conditions. Dario started nine years ago as a digital therapeutics for diabetes, sold directly to consumers before expanding to address related and often co-occurring chronic conditions, such as hypertension, weight management, musculoskeletal, and behavioral health. Using an integrated AI-driven journey engine, Dario improves health by addressing underlying behaviors and anticipating how people change over time to help keep them on track. Today, Dario's multi-chronic platform is being used to help scale more effective chronic condition management for employers, health plans, and providers. The power of Dario solutions lie in its ability to sustainably engage people and change behaviors for lasting results. This is Omar's particular area of expertise and where he focuses a large part of his work at Dario. A trained psychiatrist, Omar spent his early career helping people with mental health needs only to realize that the healthcare system needed help as well, which propelled him to start working in leadership positions in healthcare organizations. After receiving his MBA from the University of Virginia, Omar joined Catasys, a virtual behavioral health company, as part of the team that grew the organization into a half billion dollar valuation. He's now using his expertise in innovation and behavior change to help advance Dario's mission of making it easier for people with chronic conditions to live healthier lives. So thanks for joining me today, Omar. Oh, yeah, sure. It's my, my pleasure. So I'm wondering if you could tell me about uh, Dario and what brings you uh, to working with them. Yeah, no, that's, I think that's a, that's a great question, uh, Tom. And, 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 you know, it really has to do with this idea that changing behaviors, you know, forming habits, taking actions, that's really at the heart of improving the lives of people who have chronic conditions. You know, with healthcare as complex as it is, you know, we focus on so many different areas, uh, and yet what's really at the core of all of it are the actions we take, all that stuff that happens between the doctor's visits. So most of health is driven by those, those behaviors that we do, and yet we get so little support for, for those. Um, and so really it was, it was our observation that, that, that healthcare really required solutions that were designed to support those healthier behaviors in, in day-to-day life. That, that got me really interested in it. And then as I looked at the market, there were a lot of sort of point solutions out there. I'll, I'll solve, you know, this condition and this group or that condition and that group. Um, and so, but, but the challenge there is that these conditions overlap. You know, they don't really occur in silos. They tend to travel together and impact. So having one chronic condition puts you at at higher risk of having additional chronic conditions, and then the complexity of managing those multiple health needs become not only overwhelming for most people, but also, you know, for companies that are partnering with solutions in the space, you get a few point solutions going, they don't talk to each other, they're not integrated, they have these kinds of walled gardens of data. The end result is you've taken a very complex thing, which is healthcare, and you've somehow managed to make it more complicated, which doesn't help anybody. So what was attractive about Dario was this idea of creating integrated solutions that people actually want to use, you know, sort of consumer-centric, consumer-driven, 
uh, user-centric solutions uh, that really acknowledge um, that people have whole health needs, not just individual points. They have mental health, physical health. There are factors that are cultural. There are factors that really drive health that are social. Um, and there are even personal determinants of health, sort of the difference between what I'm interested in, what I'm curious about, what I'm willing to try versus, you know, somebody else or versus even me a month ago or two months ago. People change over time. And so this ability to kind of dynamically and adaptively address this whole health was very attractive. And so then at Dario, we're building the, the next generation of digital therapeutics that really make it easy for people with who have chronic conditions to manage their health in a, in a kind of a day-to-day -day way, uh, wherever they are, you know, always on, always with them. Um, and the general idea is to, to a platform that is seamless, that's an integrated experience across everybody's health needs that, that adapts to them, that's personalized to them, and, and that really supports in those areas that matter to them. You know, Dario, we say what matters to people is generally far more important than what's the matter with people. So for these digital health solutions to work, I mean, for people to use, want to use them and keep using them, that has to be relevant in the lives of the folks who are, they have to be relevant. And so this kind of dynamic adaptation, this flexibility with people as their wants change, as their needs change, you know, allowing for patient preferences, tailoring those kinds of user journeys in a hyper-personalized way and focusing on what's important to those people, what's relevant in their lives, whatever their priorities are. Um, that, that approach allows a, a really nice level of engagement and drives those kinds of outcomes. And, and you know, the way we do that uh, is by applying an AI-driven, neural network-driven behavior change journey engine that uses insights from three and a half billion data points and informs each user journey in a very hyper-personalized way. So, you know, the engine learns what's important to that person, what their preferences are, what they will be interested in, how they will respond under different circumstances. And then as those change, you know, people change, life changes, people's interests change. The ability to be able to adapt with that, keep it relevant in their lives and anticipate what they're going to need. Uh, and, and we personalize those journeys that people take uh, in timing, like what timing they get the message, what what the tone of that is. I mean, some you know, I'm the type of person. I mean, Tom, but I, I'm the type of person. Sometimes I need a drill sergeant. Other times I just need a pat mm -hmm. on the back or shot in the arm. So you know, tone is really important. Content. What kind of information are you giving me? Are you going to give me a, a recipe with 15 ingredients? I don't do well with that. Maybe the research for me shows I'm going to do best with uh, eight or fewer ingredients. Um, that are commonly available, or I like a particular ingredient, or, you know, the frequency of messages, what channel, are you going to text me, are you going to call me? Um, and so, you know, by an intervention is also personalized. So by personalizing along those six domains can really get people engaged, keep people engaged, uh, and that's when you really see sort of the full impact, the, the potential of, of digital health, of digital therapeutics that's designed really to fit into, into users' lives. That, that's what attracted me, and that's what got me interested, that Dario is really doing this, in a way that existing solutions aren't. Wow, this is amazing. And it perfectly aligns with some of the work that I've been hearing about and engaged with in this group, which I should probably introduce you to, uh, the Digital Healthcare yeah. Collaborative. We've been talking oh, nice. about, yeah. we did an article on uh, what is stupid, smart, and genius in healthcare tools. Uh, and so, you know, where stupid is we take your data and then we misuse it or don't use it right. Uh, in the smart, you know, we're using the data as you would think it should be used to make things easier. But it sounds like what you're talking about is really a genius solution where you're predicting, you're serving up, uh, and you're personalizing. And that's the really part that really struck me is 
so many things out there. We think about, you know, segments, you know, there's this type of user and that type of user. But what you're talking about is really personalized um, action on the, on the end of the tool using AI. Uh, I don't know how much more you can tell us about that, but that really intrigues me. Oh, no, that's actually that's what the way you've kind of uh, tranched or categorized it into those three categories is really brilliant. That is genius, actually, and, and I love that. Um, yeah, so, you know, if you think about first-generation digital health, it really was about persona definition and match. So, so there was an awareness, and I think, you know, hats off to them. There's an awareness that one size doesn't fit all, that we need to personalize. And so they created these sort of fingerprints of users. Go, go to people, find out about them, learn about them, uh, and create this kind of fingerprint. Try to understand, you know, um, what's unique about this person. Then build a journey based on that. Um, and that's important. That's kind of table stakes. But the problem with that is that often those initial matches are going to be very imperfect, and also people change. Intrapersonal differences often exceed interpersonal differences. In fact, uh, one of my uh, coworkers sent me a meme rest recently, and it had a picture of Prince Charles and under it a picture of Ozzy Osbourne. Prince Charles, you know, male, born in 1948, raised in the U.K., married twice, lives in a castle, wealthy and famous. And then right underneath that, Ozzy Osbourne, also male, also born in 48, also raised in the UK, also married twice, also. And you could see these two people, you could see how they're completely identical if you look at them from standard approach to persona. And yet it, it is, you would have to be on the crazy train to think that Ozzy Osbourne and Prince Charles are going to engage in the same way. <laughs> so, so, I, I mean, I kind of like, I kind of look at it and I think to myself, all right, so it's obvious that fingerprints don't change, but people do change. So we can't just fingerprint digital journeys. We've got to make dynamic, adaptive platforms that respond to them, that learn from them, or else we're going to get the kind of dropout that we've seen with first-generation digital health solutions, which is it's novel, it's interesting. I'll try it if my employer or somebody pays for it or you know pushes it out there, but I'm not I'm not going to stick with it or, or keep using it, not unless it's really relevant and, and responsive to me. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. I love that, and it's funny. Um, Another terminology we often use is instead of thinking about the the person or the the segment is to think about the job they're trying to accomplish and so regardless of who that persona is, they may bolt you know two people may have the same job to be done, and that you're going to try to get that job accomplished with your tool and What I love is that you're talking about how I as an individual change over time, and so therefore the job I need to accomplish may change, and how you motivate me may change. Yeah, absolutely. You're talking about the jobs to be done framework, which I do love, and I, I yeah. think it's it is that's exactly right that it has to be adaptive and, and dynamic uh, in order to really drive drive the needed needed outcomes. And may, really, it's about maintaining relevance. It's about maintaining relevance in people's lives. Um, and the winners, I mean, if you look at any industry, I mean, just look at, you know, whether it's Amazon, Uber, Netflix, whatever you look at, uh, you know, the winners, uh, you know, achieve relevance, they anticipate relevance, they, and they, and then they maintain relevance in people's lives. They, 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 they create value and solve problems that we didn't even know we had, and they do so very well. And they're the winners, uh, in this space. And we're going to see the same thing in digital health. Yeah. Can you tell me more about and your personalizing the journey across the domains about the timing, tone, content, channel, frequency, and intervention? Can you tell us more about that? Sure. Yeah. And, you know, where that came from is 
a, a lot of first-generation digital health solutions were going to market around this idea that they were personalizing the nudge. And the nudge, as you know, I, I know you've covered this before, is that it's a, it's, a, it's a tool, it's a behavioral intervention. It's kind of like a reminder. It's a way of sort of, you know, it's a little kick in the pants to say, hey, it's time to take a look at this. And it's so powerful. It's so powerful how you can commit to something, say, I'm really going to do this, but then you sort of drift off, fall into old habits, et cetera, and someone comes around and says, hey, remember you said you were going to do this? And boom, you know, that nudge gets you going. And that's very powerful. Um, but and, and, of course, I think digital health really has to incorporate the nudge and apply as much gamification and personalization to the nudge as makes sense to drive those kinds of outcomes. The challenge came when people stopped there and conflated the nudge with, you know, the solution for all of digital health, all of health engagement in general. And, of course, that's astonishingly naive that simply if you just happen to text me the right message at the right moment at a time that I, I happen to be available, that somehow that guarantees that I'm going to go, you know, do the burpees that I promised you I would do. Uh, and that just doesn't happen, right? So, so at the end of the day, it's much more than about that. And human beings are complex. And so it's not just the timing of the message, and it's not just the content, but it is the tone, um, and it's, it is the channels, the frequency. But in particular, it's the intervention. You know, if I'm traveling away from home, are you going to give me the same old nudge that you always did, or are you going to give me some suggestions on eating out? Because there's data in the smartphone. There's data in the application that tells me I'm, I'm logging outside of my usual place. Are you going to use that? So. So I think part of it is when we ingest data, when we collect information from people, we have an obligation to use that as a force for good. And unless we're personalizing dynamically across these kinds of domains, including content, including intervention and the others, um, we're, we're really not – we're doing a disservice and we're falling back on this old idea that, um, you know, people just need to be educated, right? But we've got, you know, dietitians and, and we've got endocrinologists who are overweight, right? So it's not just information. We have research scientists in obesity who are overweight. So it, it cannot simply be a information deficit. It's not an education deficit. It's not just people needing to be reminded. All those are important. Um, but if we stop there and we conclude that that's the driver of chronic disease, it's an education deficit, that's astonishingly, again, astonishingly naive to think that that's going to close the gap. That's great. That's so exciting that this is happening because that's the kind of thing that we've been hoping for. I'm glad to see people are actually working on this. Can you tell us about the chronic conditions that you're covering? I know that it's sort of they're related to each other and you started in one and you're moving into others. Can you tell us about that space? Yeah, no, that's great. And and so uh, we, we started with diabetes um, and for obvious reasons because, you know, that's, there's such an overlap between behavior actions, habits, choices that we make, uh, and, and diabetes, a chronic condition. Um, and we're really successful there in the direct-to-consumer and business-to-business -business, uh, channels there. We, we added in pre-diabetes. We added in high blood pressure, um, uh, behavioral health, anxiety, depression, others. Um, we added in chronic pain or musculoskeletal conditions. Um, and so those are, the, those are the conditions that are on platform now. But if you think of Dario as really a multi-condition platform, that focuses on behavior change and deploys scalably from the cloud. Um, you could think that there are many chronic conditions that we could add onto the platform. We, we've added conditions through acquisition and integration as well as organically. Um, and when we acquire a solution and bring it on platform, it's usually fully integrated within three months. Um, and that's what we did with MSK and behavioral health as well. So you know, we're always looking at the market to see, hey, what, 
what's the next area we should be uh, focused on bringing on board onto the platform. We know that our partners and customers have a lot of fatigue from dealing with a lot of different point solutions and vendors. Um, and, and we really take risk in these kinds of environments and we say, hey, look, you know, we're, you know, uh, we're, we're going to produce these improvements. And if you don't, if we don't, then, you know, you, you don't have to pay us or don't have to pay us full amount or whatever. So, you know, we, we use this kind of risk-based model as well. So, um, yeah, so we, we think, when we think about what conditions we're going to go after, it's usually those conditions which are a big pain point for employers, for health plans, and for people, uh, conditions that are very expensive, and conditions that are driven by actions or behaviors you take. So, you know, for us, the litmus test is if you change 500 things that a person did, would that condition get better or would that keep the person out of the hospital or 100 things or 50 things? And that's how we, we look at the landscape, at the competitive landscape at the roadmap as well. Oh, that's great. So yeah. are the stakeholders that you're working with, are they mostly on, say, you know, the payer medical insurance side or on the employer side or like who are you guys really engaging with as your end clients, if you will? Yeah, you know, it's an interesting question. We we look at the market, and when we look out at it, the market, we see a lot of people that just simply don't go direct-to-consumer. They skip the direct-to-consumer channel. Um, and we think that's a terrible mistake because we have enough healthcare that's not designed for people. Um, and we have enough we, we have enough of that out there. We have enough complexity. Um, and so, you know, first and foremost, direct-to-consumer channel is an important channel for us. We maintain that. That's also an innovation laboratory for us where we can test ideas. Um, we have health plans uh, as customers. We, we look in both the full risk and in the ASO kind of environment. We look across lines of business there within the health plans, commercial, Medicare, Medicaid, exchange. Uh, we, we also have employers. We've signed, uh, I think, I don't know the exact number, but I believe it's now 50 uh, employers we've signed just in the last year since we've made this pivot to B2B2C. Um, we've signed health plans, employers. We, we also look at large health systems and providers because there's value to them in these kinds of remote monitoring solutions. Um, and then we also have uh, interest from strategic partners, so large pharma and large device companies. Anybody who's sort of – any company that sort of can drive additional value by engaging people better, um, we've been approached by them as well. And you could think of them as kind of a, maybe a, I don't know, a strategic channel or something like that. So we have a, a – you know, when you're, when you're solving in this kind of space, there's many opportunities to drive value across different channels. And so we're we're really firing on all 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 fronts there, yeah. That's great. Now yeah. you mentioned uh, personal determinants of health. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah. So you know, uh, it's interesting because I, I think that there's been a lot of focus on solving multiple conditions for people. So you know, a lot of people have one condition; they're going to have multiple conditions. And there's been a lot of, I think, very good reason to focus on multiple conditions. Even for most companies, though, that deploy multiple condition solutions, the individual conditions don't talk to each other. So, like, you know, what's going on with my diabetes doesn't inform what's happening with my depression or my chronic pain. And that's a big problem, as I mentioned, those walled gardens of data. But there's been a move to kind of say, okay, we, we understand. We've got to go beyond points. We've got to go to multi-condition, even if they're not integrated. And then there's also this, I think there's been a move in population health to say, very appropriately, we need to address social determinants of health. You know, we need to think about things like you know, food insecurity and, and homelessness and intimate partner violence and all these other areas that, um, you know, ethnic differences, uh, cultural differences in the receipt of care, racial differences. We solve all those. We have to address all those areas. And that's really important, too. But even if you do all of that, multi-condition, social determinants, even if you deploy entirely against that, 
you haven't really gotten the whole person health because what's missing is all the stuff that's unique to the person. So like for you, Tom, I mean, you might be willing to try something, do something uh, that I'm not willing to do. You might look at problems in a different way than I look at them. I might be willing to do something this month, but not last month or next month. And all of that is unique to me. It's per, it has to be personalized to me. Um, and if you don't do that, if you just go based on conditions or just go based on populations and you don't allow adaptation, you run into the same, another version of this kind of Prince Charles Ozzy Osbourne problem we were talking about earlier, uh, which is, you know, if you don't look at these personal determinants of health, all the things I'm interested in, willing to try, wouldn't try, I'm curious about, detest and hate, if you don't respond to those unique aspects of me, which change over time, um, then I'm going to ditch you. I'm going to ditch you for something else. And so the personal determinants of health that, that you asked about, it's really about identifying those unique factors and tracking those and adapting and changing as those change beyond the standard playbook of single condition, multi-condition, social determinants of health, which those things are very important, but they have not yet gotten us to whole person care. That's great. Now, I wonder if we can make this a little bit more concrete as much as you can. I don't know how much you can say, but we've been talking about, you know, digital solutions. Uh, it sounds like you're working on digital therapeutics, which means you have to, I assume, go through clinical trials, et cetera. But I'm wondering if you can give us a sense of, like, what do these tools kind of look like? You know, are they wearable? How are they interacting with me? How do you gather some of the information so that it does adapt to the way my life changes? Yeah, that's great. Yeah, so getting concrete and specific about it. it. You know, I think we've built the platform to be agnostic to those issues. So, for example, in the case of diabetes, yes, we have a glucometer. Um, we think it's superior to others that are on the market because it doesn't have a screen. It doesn't require a battery. It's about the size of a lipstick case. It actually contains the lancing mechanism, so you can use it to prick your finger. It contains the strips. It plugs right into your phone, you know, regardless of what type of phone you have. So, yes, we have a device for that. Um, and you know, it's very powerful form factor was really designed because we saw a gap in the market and we needed to, you know, people with diabetes needed something that they could stick in their shirt pocket and not have to make sure they have a charger with or a screen or firmware or any of that kind of stuff. It has to be convenient, something discreet that they could use at work, at school, wherever. So, so yes, you know, we have device for that, but also the Dario platform is designed to uh, be connected with a wide range of, of, glucometers, including, you know, the newer continuous glucose monitor kinds of approaches. So similarly, you know, with uh, musculoskeletal, we've got a device that is a um, single sensor that can go on the body that can help track your exercises, et cetera. A lot of the competitors out there have, you know, you have to wear multiple sensors or you have to prop your phone in a certain way for the video to see you. And so, so we, we really look at form factor and design on these things in a way that really supports the user journeys. But with behavioral health, you know, we, we, we don't really see advantage in devices. We haven't, we know there are devices out there, but you know, they, they haven't been terribly effective. So we use a, a, for that, you know, it's the phone is your, is your device as it is for most, most conditions. So, you know, we, we think about connecting devices where appropriate, ours or other people's, the phone, human coaching, digital coaching, the cloud, uh, and then platforms that enable normalization of data and connection to providers as an ecosystem, and uh, and really thinking of Dario as a digital therapeutic, um, uh, you know, scalably deployed across conditions and 
uh, interactive with the ecosystem of, of devices and, and providers and, and coaching that's out there. Um, and so, so the use case, the precise use case depends on you know, what's most valuable for that, that condition or that person. Excellent. I really think yeah. this is what we've been thinking about and looking forward to when, at least when I've been thinking about something that's a genius platform that could kind uh-huh. of help out as an ecosystem. So this is very exciting. Cool. Yeah, wondering, no, as we're, wondering as we're wrapping up here, um, if you could tell me what historical figure or fictional character you relate to or are inspired by. Historical figure or fictional character, that's what you're asking me about. Yeah. That's great. I love that question. It's it's uh it's nice to to look at things that way. You don't get that get get that kind of question too often. Uh yeah, so um uh, when I was growing okay, so when I was growing up, uh my older brother my older brother is about ten years older than me and he he was always sharing about this guy, Ernest Shackleton. Ernest Shackleton from the from the heroic age of, of Antarctic exploration. There's people that would just go off into the Antarctic. Um, and, and, you know, I think you hear a lot about explorers, but this guy was just the absolute exemplar of this. Uh, you know, to recruit for his trips, for example, he would put out an ad, and that ad would say, and I'm, I'm literally quoting the ad here, men wanted for hazardous journey, small wages, bitter cold, long months of complete darkness, constant danger, safe return doubtful, honor and recognition in case of success. And, you know, there was one mission where he was just totally doomed. Like the ship was crushed on the ice. The ice pack actually crossed the ship. They, he and his crew had to live on the ice for months, uh, just camping out on the ice for months as their ship completely crushed into planks, shards. Um, and then he built out of that the equivalent of a canoe, went 720 miles through basically terrible ocean, uh, and uh, brought every, ended up bringing every member of his crew home. And, you know, he talks a lot about his dedication to his crew, it really seems unparalleled in the history of exploration. And I was always blown away by that, you know, put the team, things like put the team first, you know, be there for your team, you know, loyalty, that sort of thing was always very powerful for me. So I, I would say that that would be the, 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 the historical figure that, that I, I am most inspired by. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's a great inspiration, a great story. So thank you for sharing that. Oh, sure, um, yeah. I'm curious. I'm curious as you know, people are looking to learn more, Obviously, I can post, you know, your uh, LinkedIn or other ways to contact you on my site. But where should people look to interact with you, or is there some place that people should go to find out more? Yeah, no, it's great. Um, so, you know, if you just go to the Dario Health website, which will link to d a r i o health dot com, um, we've got some very interesting use cases up there. We've got a a journey, uh, a, a sort of a video of of a person going through this kind of hyper personalized health journey. Um, and a bunch of information, links to our research and other things. So you can see a, a lot of stuff right there. I'm very easy to reach. You can just ping me on LinkedIn or wherever, and, and uh, I'm always happy to chat with folks about, about especially folks who are really uh, doing interesting and fun things in this space. Yeah, and I appreciate what you're doing with the podcast. Excellent. Well, thank you so much. I'll make sure to post some links on the site. Uh, and really, I appreciate you joining us today. Oh, it's been great to be here. Great discussion. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. Please check out medtechchat.com for more podcasts and blogs. See you there.